everyone, and welcome to EFG, LFG, PSD. This is episode four, and my name is Stephen Dutzman. I am your host, as always. I am also joined by my permanent co-host, very good friend of far too long, Dana Brown. How are you? Oh, you know, just hanging in there, having a hurricane come in my state today. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the Fire Nation is always attacking. By the way, I'm a G-branded content. We don't refer, we don't talk about COVID-19, we just refer to it as the Fire Nation attacking. Uh-huh. As it, you know, it just adds like an extra piece. I forgot to tell you about the style guide last week, but I was reminded in between episodes. And so not on top of the Fire Nation is acting, you get a hurricane. That's wonderful. Yep. We are preparing for gale force winds and the potential for power outages here. Mm-hmm. But that's really, but that's really it. Nothing really insane. We're just doing the flashlights and because we have a well. So we're, as oh, you know. Fair. We are figuring out all that stuff. EFG, LFG, PST is a World of Warcraft podcast for casual fans. Dana and I play Alliance characters on the Argent Dawn server, and we've got a pretty cool show today. We had mentioned that we were going to start going through the different covenants, and guess what, Dana? It's time to start the covenants. Woohoo! And we're going to start with the Kyrian Covenant, largely because both of us are putting our mains. Well, actually, no, you're putting your Paladin in here. That's not your main. Whatever. We're going to talk about mains in a little bit. <laughs> but we're both putting characters in Kyrian. My main will absolutely be in Kyrian because it's crazy. And we're going to talk all about that. And also, there was a change this week to the beta, to the conduit system that goes alongside the Soulbind system. And it is a pretty big deal. And I think actually makes the system not only palatable, but kind of fun. And I'm looking forward to it. So we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. First, Dana, did anything interesting happen to you this week? Um, I don't think so. I had a pretty boring week, actually. I just, you know, worked and played some WoW and just kind of lived my life. But I know you you had a pretty exciting uh, week, I hear. I I had a bonkers wild week. So first, yesterday, we as a guild did the Durazalore Durazalore meta achievements, meaning we were hunting the glory to the Durazalore raider achievement, which meant doing all sorts of weird mini-games on half of the bosses. Mm-hmm. And I was originally about to bounce out because I was like, man, I think I'm going to screw this up. You know, I don't, I haven't prepared at all. And they were like, no, for real, dude, this is the last time we're doing it, this expansion. Yep. So you better just stick around. And I did. And I played a bunch of stupid mini games with a bunch of stupid bosses and I screwed up a bunch of stuff, but we ended up getting it. And I got my derpy flying dinosaur thing with the, the, the bones on its back. Mm-hmm. And it looks pretty cool. Our dinosaur loving hunter friend lost her damn mind. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know. I'm sure she knew what the mount was. I think if if she didn't know beforehand, she knew, like, as they said that they were going to do the, the glory of the bizarre lore. Because um, she's slightly obsessed with uh, dinosaurs. So she always kind of knows where they hang out in, in the game. She definitely does. She was very, she was actually one of the people who was adamant that I not bounce out. She was like, no, dude, just just <laughs> make it work. It's fine. Well, and it was not like it was very hard. No, I don't think, I don't remember any of those achievements being overly complicated. So 
The one that was very difficult for me is there's a boss where you were fighting literally a dude made out of coins. Oh, um, yeah. He's kind of a pain in the butt. You have to get a buff, and then someone needs to have a sunflower pet out, and you need to praise it. Praise that sunflower pet. Yeah. And the problem that I had is in the beginning, I was like, all right, I'm going to make a macro. Target, sunflower, and flash praise. I was like, I'm going to get this. The problem is, and it worked when I did it the first time. Oh, that's good. But we weren't in the middle of the encounter. And then somehow, we get to the point where I get the debuff and I'm supposed to praise the thing and I hit the button and it starts praising who, like, the nearest player who happened to be a very specific hunter. (laughs) And... It didn't work, and they were like, yeah, you're praising the wrong thing. You're praising the person, not the sunflower. It was this whole mess. Eventually, it took. they had to stop damage and not because, I mean, you could kill this boss by accident for these guys. I'm sure some of these guys could solo some of these bosses. Right. And, yeah, it was, it was neat. It was actually pretty cool getting it done, and now I have this really cool dinosaur mount, which, you know, I love some of the cooler designer flying mounts. Mm-hmm. And so that was cool. The other thing is I have kind of decided that I am moving into dual main status, which is something that I have never done before. But I feel like that's just going to have to happen. So I have my paladin, Dornguard, who is very important to me. Obviously, we've talked about that before. But I am also going to be just treating my hunter like just another main. And especially as we move into Shadowlands, where I try and I'm just going to try and level both of those characters and kind of keep both of them geared up and run them both through Torghast, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, mm-hmm. Just because uh, I I really feel like that gives me the most options for experiencing different kinds of content. Yeah. And so and there's so much account bound stuff like you know kill this thing, do this thing, get a mount, etc. Having two characters that I can work with will help me complete some of those challenges and achievements, etc. Also, I said et cetera a lot. But you I did. <laughs> so the other thing I found out that I could do is I found out that I could do the Adeldazar uh, dinosaur leather farm, which is a weird edge case gold farming strategy where you take a Skinner in to normal Ataldazar and just clear out the top level and skin all the dinosaurs, and then you make shimmer scale strikers, oh. and then you just vendor them. And we did the math, and it looks like I could probably make about, like, six grand an hour. Wow. That's actually pretty great. It was pretty good. I actually had my oldest sit next to me with his phone as a stopwatch to, like, mm-hmm. time me on how fast I could get through uh, the the runs. I'm not quite at instance cap yet. You know, the instance cap being you can do 10 per hour. Right. I would be over by about... 12 to 13 minutes if I was able to keep up a pace and made no mistakes, which obviously I probably would. But that was a wild ride when I found out that I could finally do that. And, and the big difference is gear that will make, you know, obviously, oh, definitely. which I do, the more I can do. But that made it so that I was able to, I made a whole bunch of money this week. That's great. I know, and you mentioned that um, the 2,000 gold is up on the emissary rewards again, so I've got to trudge my little goats through the the conveyor belt again. Yeah, Uh, this time it is 7th Legion, so get yourself over to Zandalar or do one of the invasions. So Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, time for the goats to go through the treadmill. I I think I did it on Dorn Guard today. That's it. I don't know. We'll figure it out. So so those are that's my story time. This was an eventful week for me and I, I enjoyed it. Well, that's good. I mean that's the whole point of it, right? That's why we play the game. Exactly. It it was weird last week I really felt like my experience of seeing new things was slowing down. And now this week I saw a bunch of new content because I had never done the Bizarre War raid. And it was kind of nice being in a big group with our guild again, because I had not raided with them in well, you know, probably 10, 12 years. Yeah. So being in a raid with all of them was a pretty cool experience. You know, just seeing you know all their names over the the character models got me a little misty. I will not lie. Aww. And yeah, it was a great. It was a. It, it's been a good week. I was glad that I was able to experience some of that. But I am ready to move forward and think about Shadowlands. Speaking about thinking about Shadowlands, mm-hmm. so you suggested that we start going through some of these covenants. Yes. And I figured, why not start with the angels? Yeah. So why don't you give us an overview of the Kyrian Covenant? So the Kyrian Covenant to me is kind of like, it it feels very much like um, Blizzard's version of like heaven, if you want to go that route. Like it's very angelic and like there's Valkyrie and they're kind of like the soul guides where they take people between the living and the dead and you know, it's it's very bright and light and ethereal almost, especially compared to the rest of them. <laughs> but it's it's like reminiscent of uh, like a healer land to me. I don't know, like I was gonna say, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's it's very um, it it feels very much like this is where like the the light side of the the classes can go. And like you and I were joking about it earlier that the Death Knights and the Demon Hunters and the Warlocks feel very out of place in here, but they can still go there. So it just it's kind of a weird dichotomy for the like, you know, the ability for the light classes to go into the darker areas and the darker classes to go into the lighter areas. Yeah. It's it's gonna be interesting watching that. As I probably will end up having a, a paladin in the uh, Maldraxxus and the, the Dead Lords, just to say that I do. Mm-hmm. I'm 2,000, so I can do that. You are absolutely right. This looks like the good place. Yeah. And I am sure, because this is Blizzard, everything is gray. I strongly suspect that there will be some weird shenanigans going on. It looks like the big piece of the, the plot here is these are the people that help usher people from the land of the living into the land of the dead. They help right. kind of this is the sorting hat of the Shadowlands. Yes. And so, and it appears that whatever, you know, when Sylvanas does her nonsense and breaks everything, the, these guys are no longer able to do their jobs. And it looks like they're running out of people, like they need more people to join the Kyrian Covenant, which is where we, we as adventurers come in. So we're going to join them, and I am sure their quest is going to be trying to fix that imbalance so that there are more of them and enough of them to make sure that people are able to be ushered through into the afterlife correctly. I think this sounds cool. Mm-hmm. It is certainly pretty. My only issue is I feel like it's going to be too bright. I feel like I might need to like tone down my settings. Maybe there'll be a UI mod for like <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It feels like a, 
you, you can't play this zone uh, with all the lights off and your computer on max settings because no, you're, you're, you're going to burn your retinas with all the blues and whites. Yeah, you're going to get wrecked. But it is very pretty. You know, the angel models are cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before we talk about any of the abilities, I think we, we both agreed that the, soul, you know, the, the actual rewards, the transmog armor sets mm-hmm. and the mount and the, you know, the, the new... Uh, I'm just going to call them back blings. I mean, they're they're basically cloak transmogs, but come on, they're back blings. Oh, yeah. Supposed to play Fortnite. And some of those are pretty freaking amazing. You know, yeah. literally angel wings and some other cool stuff. Listen, back blings sounds like a perfect idea for me. Just steal it right from from Fortnite. I don't care. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the battle pet that you can get, which is that cute little baby unicorn. Is oh, cute. I know. I love that baby unicorn. And that mount is freaking ridiculous. And it's it is a pretty cool mount. Like, armored animal lion that comes in different colors, and apparently, and this is going to be the truth with all the different covenants, is you'll get a mount with them, mm-hmm. and then in a future patch, I would guess, you know, if they were going to do four content updates, which is kind of, I think that's what they did in BFA, right? Or did they do three? Uh, if, let's, say, let's say they do three. Yeah. I would bet that the mount update will be update two. You know, like, they'll do a big update, and then the next one will be like, hey, check it out, you can do this cool quest line to upgrade your mounts. And the Kyrian one is absolutely my favorite. I just love the, the yeah, I can't, I can't wait to fly this thing around. It's going to be pretty <laughs> awesome. So let's get into some of the abilities. Okay. Uh, so the way covenants work, you join one, everyone gets a covenant-wide ability, which is one thing everybody gets. Yep. And then there is a covenant class combat ability, which is specific to your class. So, Dana, what is the Kyrian covenant, like, they call it like a signature ability. Yeah, so the signature ability for the Kyrian Covenant is called Summon Steward. So basically, it's like you got a little call boy, and I'm assuming it's going to be like an instant button press for this, and he brings you kind of like a cure-all potion. So it gives you some health back, it removes curses, diseases, poisons, and bleeds, all in one. So it's just kind of like a, you're done. And then on top of that... He also apparently is like a merchant uh, where he gives you like different amenities and abilities once a day. So um, this isn't necessarily my favorite signature ability of the four, I will admit. So now here's the thing about this one that is worth at least thinking about is I always forget to have potions. True. (laughs) And... (laughs) So this guy means that on a five-minute cooldown, which to my understanding is separate from your potion cooldowns, so if you need to double up, but on a five-minute cooldown, that means it restores some of your health, but also you can use it to cleanse yourself of curse, disease, poison, and bleed. Curses are hard to get rid of sometimes. You know, I mean, we play Valorant, so we have cleanse, but I forget what cleanse, what does cleanse do? Well, let's look it up. I have the power of the internet. <laughs> I, can't uh, I know I, for I, me as a shaman, I can do curses. So I'm one of the few, I think, who can. It, 
Exactly. So the cleanse ability is poison, disease, and magic. This gets rid of curse, disease, poison. So as a paladin, this gives me the ability once every five minutes to remove something that I couldn't, right? Being able right. to do curses. And I'm a, I'm a dwarf, so bleed effects don't bother me. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Iron Skin. Yeah, exactly. So I think that is, it's not just a potion. The fact that on a five-minute timer, you have this neat other cleansing ability is kind of neat. And I'm going to say this a lot. Torghast is a game within a game. And I think that if every five minutes you get a new potion that helps you get rid of a bunch of these effects, we're going to be using this a lot in Torghast. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it being used in Torghast. That's fair. I'm thinking of it from a raid perspective. So I guess I mean, maybe that's where my my hangup is. Once per fight, it gives you a healing cooldown, and it get and there will be fights where it's like, hey, Kyrians, this is a curse, get rid of it, and it's your job because the shamans are going to not prioritize you because you're Kyrian, <laughs> that kind of thing, right? I, I I think, and once every five minutes, like in a mythic plus, that's you got five of these, you know? Think, yeah. So I think I think this is one of those things. The jury is out. I think some of it will obviously depend on how much it heals, a small heal. But you know, my understanding is it's like fifteen percent of your health. That's pretty significant, especially since, to my understanding, in Torghast you buff your health as you go up the higher levels, mm-hmm. like to insane numbers. So you're going to be at fifteen percent of a million. The kind of numbers it's going to be doing, to my understanding. So also once a day whatever, it's a vendor. Most of us have the mammoth mouth. That's the kind of stuff you can buy from him. I would be stunned if he doesn't turn, you know, stunned is the wrong word. I think it'd be kind of cool if it turned out to be like that stupid engineering guy where you can talk to it and maybe every once in a while it has something cool you can buy from it that is, Oh, Blinktron? Yeah, Blinktron. Like you can talk to him every day. You get like a neat little quest. Mm -hmm. I have to figure out, I'm an engineer. I have to figure out how to make one of those for myself. I know I can. I just have to do it. So hopefully it'll be like that. Oh, it's a cute little fat little owl guy, and apparently, apparently you can pick different ones. Okay. They look different. So have, have you seen any uh, YouTube videos where anybody like uses it? Do we know what these useful amenities are? My understanding is it's like a vendor. The the YouTuber that I've that I have started to watch every day said that it's like a vendor. You know, like one of the guys on the back of the mammoth mount. But it's probably oh. too. Right. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> I think that's the extra crap. The real thing is he brings you a potion. Yeah. And so there's that. I was just curious if he was going to be kind of like the Murlocs in Nashtar, where it's like every day there's like something different and you like do a little like game within the game to get something cool, like a mount or a pet or whatever. Wait, what What do the Murlocs in Nashtar do? So there's the Murlocs that like run around in the landing zone area that we have. I can't remember the name of it right now. And, and, um, there's one that you talk to and for like a game within a game of like trading up different things between the three Murlocs, you can buy, uh, I think there's mounts, gear, a pet, stuff like that. And every day it's different. So you have to kind of catch them on the right day to get the thing that you want. So that's why I was wondering if he was going to be a little bit more like that, or if he was just going to be like the vendors on the back of the mount. I don't know. That could be very interesting. I was today years old when I found out that the mall <laughs> in Mazamine or whatever were a, a mini game. Okay. So 
So that is the Covenant signature ability. There's one of those for every Covenant. So over the next three weeks, when we talk about the rest of them, we'll get into that. We'll just go very quickly through the different classes. So uh, the ability is called Shackle the Unworthy. So you admonish your target for their past transgressions, reducing the damage they deal to you by 5% and dealing 175% of attack power in arcane damage over 14 seconds. While Shackle the Unworthy is active on an enemy, rune spending attacks reduce its cooldown by 4 seconds. And it has a, uh, it's an instant cast, it costs one rune, and it has a one minute cooldown. So, uh, you, th this sounds like a, a, to me, this sounds like a really great opener. You can cast it, it, you know, obviously reduces the damage they deal, and deals a bunch of damage, and then while you continue to beat the crap out of it with rune casting abilities, you drop the cooldown more, and ideally, at some point in your rotation, you just drop it again. I, I dig this ability. It's kind of neat. I love damage reduction. And again, this is one of those abilities that I feel is probably going to be very useful in Torghast. I'm probably going to say that a lot. Yeah, this one definitely feels like a Torghast or a Mythic Plus yeah. type of ability. Reducing the damage that you take is essentially self-healing. because it's Especially damage. for Death Knights. Yeah, exactly. This is damage you did not take. So, Demon Hunters. So uh, do you want to read this one? Is that... Elysian decree? I would say it's Elysian decree. Okay. It's given me this is definitely <laughs> Bastion, which is the homeland of the Kyrian, definitely gives me like a Mount Olympus feel. Yeah. And okay. I mean like that feels like Elysium, which is like a gladiator reference to me. So you place a Kyrian sigil at the target location that activates after two seconds. And then detonates to deal 120% of your attack power and arcane damage and shatters up to three lesser soul fragments from enemies affected by the sigil. So basically, this is like a huge AoE thing. Yeah. Right? 100 yard range and instant. Well, you're, you're probably, the range, it's probably not hitting everything within 100 yards. That's nuts. I think that you're dropping the sigil anywhere within 100 yards. Yes. Yeah, no, no, no. I meant just the fact that it's like you could just throw it out 100 yards and like yeah. hit things down the road. Yeah. 100 yards, like that feels big. Yeah. And it's instant cast, which means you're being able to cast this on the run. This is one of those things I really, I'm excited to see how this one works out. I also want to know what the sigil looks like. I don't know why. But I really want, you know, is it going to be like a cute little owl face on the ground? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, Spin Hunter is almost certainly not going to be Kyrian, so I I haven't really put a lot of thought into this one. But I think that's a neat power. Yeah, uh, I mean, so, that's definitely pretty awesome to have a big AoE like that. Yeah. So, Druids have a ability called Kindred Spirits, where you form a bond with an ally in every one minute. You may empower that bond for 10 seconds, granting you an effect based on your partner's role and granting them an effect based on yours. So uh, if you are guardian, the kindred, you get kindred protection and you protect your bonded partner, redirecting 40% of the damage they take to you unless you fall below 20% health. Uh, restoration will get kindred focus, where when you focus on your bonded partner, replacing 50% of all healing you deal on to them, or replicating rather, 50% of the healing of all the healing you deal onto them. That is very similar to uh, Beacon of Light from yes. uh, for 
paladins. And by the way, that's really good. So giving that to Druid sounds awesome. And then for balance and feral, you get kindred empowerment. You ener- energize your bonded partner, granting them 25% of your damage as an additional damage or absorption. That sounds pretty freaking cool. The kindred spirits ability lasts for an hour. So this really feels like you want to run with a, you want to run with a druid in your mythic plus comp, or you know maybe you have a, a druid team up with you know the tank in your raid. This really feels like a really cool idea, and it's better in multiples, right? A couple of druids in your raid, they can team up with the right people. Yeah. I, I I I dig this quite yeah. a bit. And I mean, like our our uh, our raid has what four? Druids yeah. right now, so I mean, I mean, yeah. not necessarily that all four of them are going to take Kyrian as their covenant, but I'm pretty certain at least one of them will. So we'll have this to some degree. Yeah, at I least. Super cool. I definitely think it's cool. Hunters, yeah, I like hunters. I I, I was gonna them. say you're going to dual main a hunter. Yeah. So tell me, Dana, why don't you uh, tell us what this one is? Sure. Uh, so hunters get. Uh, something called resonating arrow. So you fire a resonating arrow to the target location and it fills the arrow with echoing anima for 10 seconds. The effect causes your attacks to ignore line of sight, which is awesome, uh, to the enemies in the area. And you have 30% increased crit against them, which is awesome. That is going to be really good for hunters. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's got a one minute cooldown. So you're going to be doing this a lot. All the time. Yeah. A minute is this is just basically part of the rotation now. Like, yeah, definitely. It, so definitely cool with that. It's just going to be part of the deal, and having a thirty percent crit bonus is pretty cool. A lot of the new baseline abilities, and we're gonna after we're done with covenants, we're gonna get into the classes. Hunters have man, listen, I'm gonna have a lot of instant shots. So when I have this, when I have this ten second window <laughs> to get you. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to get it. So pretty excited about that one. Mages, this is relevant to you. They get an ability called Radiant Spark, where you conjure a Radiant Spark that causes 75% of your spell power in arcane damage instantly, and an additional 29.6 of your spell power damage over 8 seconds. The target takes 10% increased... Uh, it take, the target takes 10% increased damage from your direct damage spells, Stacking each time they are struck. This effect ends after four spells. This is kind of neat. Ultimately, it's going to come down to the math. And someone way smarter than me is going to figure out whether or not this Radiant Spark is actually worth it. Mm -hmm. I don't don't know at all. But this is, are the numbers good? If the number's good, then thumbs up. If the numbers are not good, then thumbs down. Yeah, I guess it all depends on what your spell power is. Well, but that, I mean, all these, it matters for all these things. Oh, know. yeah, for sure. So, yeah, this is, is that comparing this ability to the other ones, it'll be very interesting to see, uh, and I'm sure someone will crunch the numbers, and all the mages will be told whether or not this is worth it. Yep, for sure. <laughs> so, monks. You want to talk yeah. about monks? Sure. So, monk is actually going to be one of my four that I pull up into level 60 and put into a, a covenant. Um, I don't remember where I'm putting my monk. I think she was still kind of, you know, to be determined. Um, but for Kyrian, they get weapons of order. 
So for the next 30 seconds, your mastery is increased by 15%. And if you're a wind walker, your rising sun kick cooldown is reset instantly. And your rising sun kick reduces the cost of your chi abilities by one for five seconds. So the keg smash cooldown is reset instantly and enemies hit by keg smash take 5% increased damage from you for eight seconds, stacking up to five times. If you're a mist weaver, uh, essence font cooldown is reset instantly and heals nearby allies for 240% of your soul power and health on channel start and end. Keg smash. I think this might be a typing error on Wowhead. The keg smash seems that's like brewmaster. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was like, there's only two, but there are three types of monks. Yeah, I'm sure the keg smash is a brewmaster thing. It is, and and so they probably just need to. It's just a bug in the the listing there. Yeah, this is cool. Listen, monks are a they they're a triple threat, right? And so you need to have their abilities kind of deal with all three of their different specs, considering how different they are. Welcome to paladins, also. Yep. So. This this is cool. I'm excited to to see how this all plays out. I have never played a uh, brewmaster monk. I think I want. I think I may try and do that in the next expansion. Just, yeah. You know, Rusguard my monk up and and tank a few things just because I think that is amusing to me. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't. I don't know. This is all going to be about math. Oh yeah, math. for sure. So, but fifteen percent mastery is pretty awesome. Bob. Uh, yeah. So. Next. All right, Paladins. We've talked about this before. Divine Toll is absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. There's If you're a Paladin, you kind of have to be Kyrian, unless you're being uh, deliberately obnoxious, <laughs> I think. Uh, you instantly cast Holy Shock, Adventure Shield, or Judgment on up to five targets within 30 yards based on your current spec. Costs 30% of your base mana, has a 30-yard range, and is instant on a one-minute cooldown. So let's talk about how dumb this is for a moment. If you're holy shocking, it will hit both friendly and enemy targets. Yep. Which is great. So if you're healing, you can hit basically your entire other team, like the rest of your team. If you throw out Avengers shields, and you are if you're a protection paladin, and you throw out Avengers shields that hit multiple targets, all of those shields will hit multiple targets. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. I watched this on the YouTube's. I would assume the judgment will also be pretty awesome. Uh, our guild's retribution paladin will be quite excited for that one. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. sure. But just looking at the way Avenger Shield works, like you walk in, you watch a prop paladin roll in, and they just go crazy. I am particularly excited for this because I use my protection spec on Dorngard to run old world content, mm-hmm. and one of the issues that I have is like consecration is not good at getting lots of things that are like around and being able to just use Avenger shield and hit a room full of dudes is pretty awesome uh, on a one minute cooldown. So I am yeah. very excited for, for this ability and I, I have a feeling it's going to get nerfed. Yeah. But I mean, not. I think the, I think the only like limiting factor is the fact that it's 30% of your base mana. That's true. It is a lot. It is in fact a lot. We'll find yeah. out. It is, so that is the Paladin one, Priests. Yeah, so Priests get Ascended Blast, blasts the enemy with pure anima, causing 250% of your spell power in arcane damage, and healing a nearby ally for 100% of the damage done. 
grants five stacks of Boon of the Ascended, which I have no idea what that is. Truthfully, I don't know what it is. And it generates 12 insanity. Again, I don't play a priest, so I don't have any idea. I'm guessing 12 insanity is not great, but roll with it, I guess. It sounds yeah. like a pretty cool, it sounds like a pretty cool ability. Again, if you play a priest, tweet at us and, and tell us exactly yeah. how cool that's going to be. <laughs> this next one is another one where we're probably not going to have any idea what's going on because next is the rogues. If you didn't notice, we're going in alphabetical order, everybody. Uh, <laughs> rogues, they get echoing reprimand, so you deal 60% of attack power and arcane damage to an enemy, extracting their anima to anima charge a combo point, damaging finishing moves that consume the same number of your combo points as your anima charge deal damage as if they consume seven combo points award three combo points. So this sounds like it's going to have a lot of setup, and it feels like rogues that are in this covenant are going to have a very specific combo of moves that they use. Yeah, they're going to have a specific rotation for sure. And some nerd, and if you are that nerd, tweet at us. I'd love to hear it. Some nerd is going to figure this out and figure out the math on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, My guess is that if you can make it go for seven combo points as a finisher, that sounds like a lot. Because I remember leveling, I don't know if you remember, back in the day, I had Umberguard, my rogue, and I got Mm -hmm. him all the way to level 60. And I remember five-point finishers being, like, my favorite thing in the world. (laughs) And I'm guessing that I would like a seven-point finisher two points more. Yeah, probably. I might have to make... Umberguard may have to make a difference. Although, if I do make another rogue, he's going to be a cult here in human because... Fat, guy fat rogues. rogues. Yep. Fat <laughs> rogue. Has to be a fat guy rogue. Or maybe I'll make it a Colterian woman. It's fine. Ballerinas would make great rogues. So tell me this shaman thing because I really don't understand it at all. I'm so confused. Okay. So for shaman, you get a Vesper totem where it summons a totem at the target location for 30 seconds. So this is very just all totems are like that. Okay. Uh, so your next three damage or abilities will cause the totem to radiate. of spell power and 50% of attack power total in arcane damage to up to six enemies near the totem. And your next three healing spells will heal up to six allies near the totem for 100% of your spell power plus 100% of your attack power. And help casting the ability again while the totem is active will relocate the totem. So what's that? That second piece is normal, right? Like you can just make, you can just recast it and make another totem somewhere else. Yeah. So <laughs> usually, like for me, I have like the healing stream totems where I've got two charges of them. So I just drop them wherever and they just drop at my feet. And then I've got what's called a cloud burst totem, which is kind of like a, it's almost like a little bit of a soul well in the beginning where it's like you cast a bunch while it's out and it kind of like fills it up and then it, bursts out in a 40-yard radius and does like a percentage of all of the healing you did in that time to everyone. But okay. if you hit it, like it, I think it, it times out at like, I want to say 10 seconds or so, eight okay. or 10 seconds. And, but if you hit it, if you hit the same button before that time is up, you'll automatically detonate it. So it's kind of like a little bit of both of them where it's like, you can kind of like do like manipulate the totem as you go which is a total shaman ability. So yeah, so this one, it's either damage or healing. You stick it out and it will do either damage or healing. So three spells, either damage or healing, does damage or healing to six enemies or six allies near the totem. What's interesting about this one, and 
I'm just having trouble wrapping my mind around it. So do, when you gear as a shaman, mm-hmm. do you gear both spell and attack power? Like, because it feels like this wants you to, and that doesn't make a huge amount of sense to me. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever focused on attack power. I've definitely focused on spell power. All right. Um, yeah, attack power feels more like an enhancement thing, which, I mean, it might just be like the other side, like where it's like intellect versus agility. Things flip on basically if you're a caster or whatever. But you only get one totem. And so obviously this needs to work if you're an enhancement shaman. So. Right. I can't wait to see what the Vesper totem actually looks like. That's the thing that I'm really the most. Yeah, about. I'm curious to see what color it's going to be because they've they've already used like two shades of blue, a yellow, a red, I think Orange. a green. Probably going to be white. Probably. <laughs> or you like eight. Yeah. All right. I'm curious on that one, but I I don't think Kyrian is where my shaman's going to end up. So. Yeah, well, some, somebody will take it, so we'll find out eventually. There will be a YouTube video. I am sorry. Oh, I'm sure. But all the totem, you know, what the totem looks like, I am sure. So warlocks, here we go. This is the one that makes no sense to me. A warlock in Kyrian, but hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> There's going to be one of them somewhere just to be, a, it's going to be somebody's alt just to be a, a troll. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have Scouring Tithe. You deal 100% of your spell power and arcane damage instantly and 144% of your spell power over 18 seconds. The enemy dies while affected by the Scouring Tide to generate five soul shards. That seems like a lot to me. Uh, if they survive, Scouring Tide's cooldown is refreshed. So basically, I kill you or I get this ability back. That sounds kind of neat. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I'm sure there's a there's a warlock in our guild who is very vocal and hoping that the uh, warlocks get some buffs in the expansion. Hopefully they do. Maybe this will be it. I don't know. Uh, hopefully Maybe. it works out. So let's bring us home, Dana. Tell us about warriors, because I know that that's like your OMG priority class. <laughs> yeah, this is where I started and I hated it. So warriors are like the other class that I kind of expect to be in, Kyrian, just from like a lore perspective, just because it makes sense. But they get Spear of Bastion, which throws a Kyrian spear at the target location, dealing 200% of your attack power in arcane damage instantly, and then dealing additional 216% of your attack power in damage over four seconds. So that is a ridiculous amount. And you regenerate Rage. Enemies hit are tethered to the spear for the duration, and it generates 25 rage. That's ridiculous. This is yeah. like another. This is like another paladin thing. Like this is like you have to take this. Like, it's like it just feels like warriors and paladins just kind of have to naturally go into Kyrian because their their class abilities are ridiculous. Well, you know what? We'll find out when we start doing some of the other ones because you never know. Uh, but this does look pretty cool, and I'm sure. I hope that the visual on the Spear of Bastion. You know, I wonder if I click the link. Will it tell us what it looks like? Oh, it does look kind of cool. Oh, does it actually show you? Yeah. Wow. Oh, you know what that means? That means I can look up what the the. Oh, the totem. Yeah. What the totem looks like. Let's see. Um, this is great radio for all the people listening. To <laughs> oh, that's uh, a lame totem. Yeah, that can't be it. Boo. <laughs> Blizzard, if you're listening, fix it. Is it like the, the, the icon in your toolbar looks better than that. That can't be the right one. This has to be uh, it, it needs to look more like the icon, in yeah. my opinion. Sure. Uh, you know what? Who knows? It probably will. So, those are all the abilities. And, man, listen, I, I really can't wait <laughs> to, to dig my into 
you know, the, the lore in this place. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to love it because I have to, because I'm a content creator now. And I can't wait to holy shock the crap out of five things at once. So the next thing that we want to talk about, obviously, there's a whole lot of stuff that is all about the zone itself, which, by the way, the zone is huge and looks pretty cool. Basically. Yeah. If you want a preview of what it looks like, I would encourage you to look up some YouTube. There are plenty of people that have done it. But the the next mechanic that we'll deal with as part of our covenants are the soul binds. I, I don't know what they are the equivalent of from previous expansions to this one, but essentially each covenant has three soul binds that you can choose from. You get two as soon as you join the covenant, and then the third one becomes available when you complete the covenant's endgame quest line. And these are essentially talent trees. Yeah. They're they, there are eight ranks that you that you gain access to as you gain more renown with the uh, with that covenant, and they will have either specific abilities or conduits, which are essentially blank spaces that you can put conduits into. And there are three different kinds of conduits. There are there are potency and endurance and finesse. So potency is all about throughput. It makes you do more damage. It makes you do more healing. Then the endurance is pretty obvious, right? It makes you more survivable, reduces the damage, gives you self-healing, etc. And then finesse is like utility. It gives you other stuff. And as you go through these soul binds, you actually will get to choose, you know, do you want to take an ability? Do you want to select to open, you know, to direct the anima through so you can choose to have a finesse or an endurance or a potency conduit what do you have you when you look over these talent trees does this sound like something you're going to be happy to engage in or is this this thing that you're going to ask the people around you to just tell you what to do (laughs) part of me is i think i'm just going to ask to be told what to do yeah probably a little (laughs) column a little column b i will do some research on my own uh but most of the time i am not the best min maxer and i will i will phone a friend for a lot of the uh so what is the what is my best option here yeah it's it's convenient when your phone a friend is like throwing a a crumpled up piece of paper behind you at the other (laughs) computer in the room true here so the thing about this is there was actually a change in the last week or so because these conduits, you are going to be able to get them through a variety of activities. That was going to be the case to begin with. However, every time you assigned it and then cleared it afterwards, it was going to be destroyed because you replaced it. And people were like, wait a minute. So we're going to have to like farm the same raid boss over and over and over again to get this conduit. Every time we try and respect that feels bad. Right. Like, You're right. That does feel yeah. bad. I'm so happy they made it a library system. So what does that mean? So basically, once you learn it, it kind of goes into like a vault that you can pull from. Um, it becomes a library. Like it beca- like you know anything that you have unlocked for that specific uh, sort of level or rank or whatever, um, you can go in and respec essentially into anything that you've learned. So a lot of like the min maxers will sit there and. Be like, all right, so for AoE fights, I'll want these three. And then for, you know, single target, they'll want these three. And these will be their respecking, you know, per boss or per encounter or whatever. So you won't have to re-find this conduit. You will just have to respec back into it. 
Yeah, that's pretty much it. And I am so this feels like the, that the conduit system to me feels like essences right now. Where, yeah, and then it was. It's also very much like the um, legendaries that we had back in was it Warlords or Legion, where we had the um, crap. What the heck were they called? I don't know. I leveled through Legion so fast. I got a few of them, and I barely used them. Yeah, but they were like fell and whatever. Yeah. That you had to put like specific kinds into your legendary and everything, but those were consumed and you didn't get them back. So this is much better. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this seems great to me. I'm looking forward to it because you know the other piece to these conduits is they do have ranks. Like the a specific conduit, you can improve over time. And they're essentially going to have an eye level, which means you'll be able to get them through world quests. You might be able to get some of them through PvP. Some of them will obviously be on raid bosses. That's just kind of goes without saying. And each class has their own specific set. And then there are some general ones as well. I am you know, looking forward to finding all these. And again, this is one of those I'm coming in at the beginning of the expansion so I can actually take my time and slowly get all of them. This feels like the completionist in me. He doesn't come out off, but I do love flexibility. You remember my stupidity with, I had like how many armor sets for when that, when we raided together. Oh, I, I know. Uh, you never had back faith. I never did because I, because I needed to have so many different things for so many different situations. And what was dumb about it is at the end of the day, I always use the same one, but whatever I wanted <laughs> all the options. This actually gives me real truthful options. I can have my, inter my, I want to be the unstoppable force. I want to be the immovable object. I want to be faster. I want to whatever. And considering I engage with a lot of different kinds of content and not raiding, because that's the thing is that I don't raid. I do a broader variety of content so this gives me more choices so that when i'm doing mythic plus like a specific set when i'm rolling through old content i can do this when i'm farming etc etc i'm very excited to have more options and i'm hoping that you get some cool like transmog set or something when you get when you get the full uh, conduit library that's they've, they've got to do something it's either got to be like a title or a mount or something yeah. some achievement with some cool thing otherwise yeah. nobody's gonna want the full library yeah and i that's the, that's my goal i'm never i'm not gonna get the other ones you know like the the glory to the whatever raider probably won't be doing that but i will at least not until the very very bitter end but i am definitely gonna go after these various conduits so just to give some examples of the soul bind so there are three soulbinds for Tyrion. Mm -hmm. So they have uh, Pelagos, Clea, and Forgelight Prime Mikanikos, who is one of those <laughs> like owl dudes. Yeah, he's really cute. He is pretty cute. He is pretty cute. Um, so what do you what do you think of these three characters that you can kind of link up with? Have you read up on them a lot? Um, I read up on them really briefly when they first mentioned that this was a thing, but I think they may have changed a little bit around. So I haven't really fully deep dived into this, especially because I like for my main character, Kyrian is not where I'm going. So I didn't, I didn't deep dive into most of this. Um, sure. I did on other ones where my shaman is actually going, but trying sure. to read real quickly on what these guys do. So 
Pelagos is, you know what he feels like to me, just watching him, he, he is, as far as like a trope, he's like the, the good guy that wants to succeed, right? Like he's training, he's working hard, and he's probably a little underpowered, and I'm sure they're going to play him off with a little bit of comic relief. That guy. Um, yeah. But I bet you by the end of the quest line and the end of the expansion, he's going to be this really buff super warrior. I'm pretty excited. You know, I, I, I'm excited to see how he develops. And yeah. he has the, uh, so again, he has an eight row soulbind tree. Mm-hmm. And he only has one ability in the beginning, which is uh, let go of the past. So using a spell or ability increases your versatility by 1% for 10 seconds. Using another spell or ability increases this amount by 1% when it is not a repeat of the previous uh, ability or spell stacking up to 5. So basically, thematically, he wants you to rotate through your stuff. And if you rotate through your stuff, then your versatility goes up. I still don't really understand what versatility does. I guess I'm going to have to learn. So it's it's pretty straightforward. Uh, it It provides an increase in damage and healing while also reducing the damage taken for a lesser to a lesser amount. So you have 6% versatility, you do 6% more damage, heal for 6% more, take 3% less. Yeah. So, basically, if you're a healer, as long as you're not casting the exact same spell over and over again, eventually your spells get beefier up to 5. Yeah. There's there's actually um, a monk talent or rotation of some kind where there's a thing that they do where they're supposed to do something different. Like you can't repeat, yeah. you know, in, in succession and it's supposed to increase their damage. So this is just kind of a playoff of that, in my opinion. Yeah. He, it looks like he also buffs some of the, he has the ability to buff some of the servants file abilities. So for example, uh, you can take file of serenity, which heals you for an additional 35% additional health, which means, you know, it's, I think it starts at 15. So plus 35, that's a lot, right? Yeah. Um, and, but all the healing is done over 10 seconds, which more or less means, I mean, you could use it outside of combat or, you know, something like that. So that is kind of cool. The, uh, and again, just going through some of the other stuff, uh, for walk, one of the abilities you can spec into is walk together. uh, Pelagos periodically sends you crafting materials, increasing for every dungeon, raid, battleground, arena, and quest completed while soulbound. So... That sounds really cool for someone who is, because they're, you know, world quests are a thing. So, you know, link up your, I, I imagine that I will have him linked up quite a bit whenever I'm doing world quests. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, if you're going to spam through a bunch of world quests, or maybe it's world quest week, and you link up with him, you know, especially if he sends you cool stuff. As someone who wants to make money, or will be trying to, that sounds kind of cool. Right. And his, his ultimate, all of them have an ultimate. It's called Combat Meditation. And that means uh, activating your curing class ability increases your mastery by 5% for 20 seconds and occasionally expels sorrowful memories. Walking through sorrowful memories extends this effect by three seconds. So sounds kind of cool to me. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're um, a straight class, that would be really helpful. Yes. And the other one, so Clea, I think it's Clea and Pelagos you get as the first two. That makes sense. So, so she has a, her path is a little bit different. That's what's, what's interesting about it is Pelagos, he only has one choice in rank one. You get forgetting the path or let go of the path. For her, you actually get to choose an ascendant file, which actually changes the file of serenity. It actually renders you immune to curse, disease, poison, and bleed effects for 15 seconds. 
and a finesse conduit or mentorship. So above when a well above 90% health, you increase nearby party members maximum health by 5% and an endurance conduit. So it's like, you know, you get to choose between two things or two more things, but that's rows one and two. So it's like, you don't really get to make your choices are somewhat limited. Mm-hmm. And then, then row three is a potency conduit. And then yep. four and five break out again. And then row six is an endurance conduit. And her ultimate, I don't know if they're actually called ultimates, but I'm just stealing that term. She has Valiant Strikes. You and your nearby allies, Critical Strikes, grant you stacks of Valiant Strikes up to 40. At 40 stacks, you heal yourself for some number of your maximum health and up to four nearby allies for half of this effect over 10 seconds. I would bet that this will go nuts in a Mythic Plus. Oh, I'm sure. Because, I mean... Up to four, so every 40 crits, you heal yourself and up to your the rest of your party. So the entire party on a Mythic Plus, yeah. Yeah, that, that feels like, this feels like the Mythic, the Mythic Plus Soulbind. Yeah. Like his ultimate just getting right to the end for him. Uh, after using 120 spells and abilities, your next spell or ability summons Bronn, who attacks and heals your target. So basically every roughly two minutes, two and a half minutes-ish, you, because uh, you're probably going to be using a lot of global cooldowns. Uh, mm-hmm. Less than, th- probably less than four minutes, probably. I mean, I don't know. It depends on your class and your rotation. But every 120 spells or abilities, your next spell or ability summons Bron, who is a dude who deals damage and heals your friends. Uh, that's kind of cool. This is one of those things I don't think you, I would have any way of really controlling it. Yeah. I think he's just kind of like, pops up and does his own thing and you have no say so. Yeah, but I mean, what do you do? It, it's kind of neat. This is one of those things that could be really useful elsewhere. And so he he has a thing where whenever you take your file of serenity and drink it, uh, it knocks back enemies. That's kind of cool. That would be interesting. So, I mean, this is this is kind of neat stuff. And, and what's cool is you can actually switch between any of these three and you can actually, and really all you need to do is just you know, go back to your Bastion, or go back to Bastion and, and you can change between them. You can yeah. actually change spec within the three, and you can actually link them up to a specific spec. So, oh, that's cool. So, this is just another talent tree. Literally another talent tree. Yeah. That's great. The conduits, you can clear once a week. So, it's on a seven-day cooldown. I don't think it's on the reset. I think it's on a seven-day cooldown. So, what that means is you pull all the conduits out, and you can put more stuff in. Which, that can add some pretty significant stuff. Looking at some of the Soulbind conduits, we're not going to read all of them. It's insane. There's too many of them. But for example, (laughs) for Holy Paladin, there's a potency conduit uh, called Focused Light, which is Holy Shock's chance to critically strike is increased by 15%. Which is, uh, like, where is that one? I just want to be like, where (laughs) where is that? Because Probably I uh, mythic endgame content. <laughs> but like, you know. But Resplendent Light is another one where Holy Light heals up to five targets within five yards for 5% of its healing. So you're just kind of splashing healing around other people, which is a big deal as Paladin is supposed to heal from melee. Really cool stuff. And again, I'm focusing on Paladins because this is the one that I understand the most. But this is really cool. This is really cool stuff. 
I, I particularly really like the Soulbinds. What do you think now that we've kind of gone over it all? Do you think this is a good addition? Is this going to frustrate you? What do you think? I think it's a good addition. I think it's it's kind of a good way for people to cater to their own type of gameplay a little bit. I mean, there will definitely be like min-maxing going on with like, who do I bring to raid? Who do I do Mythic Pluses with? You know, what talents essentially do I take? and everything but it's also like i like to play my shaman a certain way and it's not always necessarily the way that most people play rest of shamans so this will help me kind of be the way that i want to play it yeah this is encouraging or trying to discourage cookie cutter classes yeah right like there's been an optimal path an optimal build which really is attempting to encourage people to not necessarily be that optimal build or it allows you to create that optimal build. You know, when I'm doing mythic pluses with our, you know, the few people in our guild that actually really push those keys, I can be a cookie cutter class and I can do what I need to do, but then I don't necessarily have to be tied to that. And so you can already kind of do that with specializations, like with talent trees, but there's only so many options, right? You know, right. nine tiers, three options per tier. This gives me the ability to be a completely different character for the rest of the week when I am not in a Mythic Plus dungeon. Right. And uh, I really like that idea. And it also means that I can be a completely different character when I'm doing a, a, a raid, doing older content with another guild or you know something like that, right? I can, you know, it really does give you the ability to kind of spread your wings. Yeah. And I say that somewhat ironically, being that I play that all. Of course you do. <laughs> so that was Tyrion. This yeah. is pretty cool. This is cool. Next week, what are we going to do next week? Then you get the pick. Let's see. Let's do Venthyr next week. Venthyr. Oh, we're going to do the Goth Boys. Yeah, we'll go complete opposite. And <laughs> have a raid. Uh, I promise everybody that I am not going to put on eyeliner before we record this. Oh um, man, it's not going to do it. Yeah, you, nobody needs to see that. I'd probably also stab myself. So. <laughs> But we're but in spirit, we're hundred percent gonna be wearing all black and that by only black lights. Oh, we're for gonna sure. go and have a rave with the Venthyr next week. So everybody, I hope that you enjoyed recording or well, you didn't record with us, Dana and I recorded. Um I hope you enjoyed listening as much as Dana and I enjoyed recording. We're gonna be back next week. Yeah. And I am very excited. This is by the way, four episodes. This I know. And this is probably the first episode I've felt underprepared for. So I will do my research for next week. Promise. It's all right. It's all, I mean, the good news is we don't have to do original research. All this stuff is, uh, is elsewhere. What we're doing is we're just giving the casual perspective. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I have a feeling my homework is going to be leveling up all of these classes over the next expansion. I think that's going to be my meta assignment is I need to be able to speak intellectually about each of these things, at least on a casual level. Yeah, because I felt real dumb when I was like, I don't know what rogues do, guys. <laughs> I specifically, I'm like, I feel like I need to make a priest. Um, uh, yeah, what is this boon thing? <laughs> I don't even know what any of this stuff is. So uh, I hope you guys had a great time listening. Dana and I obviously had a great time recording. We will see you next week after the reset. And until next time, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you soon. Bye.